1: and welcome to episode 50 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Pacelli and with me today as always are Vicki Stokes. Hello. And Susie Gilbert. Hi everyone. Everyone doing well today? Very well. Good. We're going to jump right into this because uh, we have a full show today and we're going to talk about first aid and emergency apps. Something that with the summertime coming up is pretty important and we should need to know what to do in case of uh, sunburns, or, you know, playing by the pool, things like that. So, Vicky, do you want to get us started?
2: Sure. Um, I have uh, two apps from the American Red Cross. Um, they're for the Android and iPhone, and they're for humans and for pets. Um, they're pretty much the same uh, for the pet, surprisingly. Uh, you have to do, uh, you assess animals the same way you assess humans because you How you go about doing it is different because our anatomies are different, but the processes are all the same. What's great about these apps are that they're, uh, number one, they're free, Uh, and um, they have different modes. You can go and learn about different first aids, for instance, for allergies, asthma, broken bones, or heat stroke, and um, you can go through all of these different uh areas and then there's a section called Prepare where you can prepare for things like um chemical ener- uh, uh, uh chemical emergencies earthquakes tells you about um uh, emergency kits and then there's the emergency first aid for um the different uh uh issues you can have like for choking diabetic emergencies. Then they have a section called testing. So you go through all of these things. Where you go through the learn mode, and at the end of each section, you you, you can you'll be given a quiz sort of to test your knowledge. I think that's pretty good for like teenagers or young kids. Who, uh, if I had a babysitter, I would I would want this person to have this app so they can they can just at least you know basic first aid, and uh, and it's a good refresher. But you can either go to the, the learn mode and then at the end it, it tests you or you can go to the section and just take a test on the different categories to see what your knowledge level is. Also, there's a hospital. So you can you can use your current location or you can search for a hospital. Um, This is really simple. It's not very complicated. It has stuff like weather information, how to drive safely in the winter. Um, it has, uh, way you can actually, uh, get their first aid kit, um, which has, uh, the basics, uh, uh, things you need to have in your home or in your vehicle as a first aid kit. And, um, it even has a mobile user users group. I don't know what, what the mobile user group would be about. Um, but, um, it's pretty cool. Power outage information, you name it. Um it's very, very complete. Uh there are other um uh first aid uh apps, but this one is probably in my opinion the most complete uh in terms of education, preparedness, what to do in emergencies, how to get the emergency, and it's really simple. So it's the American first aid, uh, the first aid app for Android and iPhone by the American Red Cross.
0: Suzette? I, um, I think all of the basic uh, first aid apps are pretty good. They give you the same information. Um, and basically, when you're thinking about first aid, you're thinking of providing a person, whether it's a loved one or friend or a stranger that you come upon, with just some very basic tools or skills that you can have that you can help them out, whether it's learning the Heimlich maneuver, whether it's performing CPR, and I have an app that's very, very good, I'll talk about it a little later, Um, or if somebody has a case of poisoning, poison ivy, shock, you know, hyper or hypothermia, when they're too hot or they're too cold, sunstroke, all of that, all of these apps will give you some basic information that you have readily available on your phone you just open the app you can basically you know select what you need to select and it'll give you exactly what you need to do most of all of them go by the either the American Red Cross or the American Heart Association which are uh, two wonderful organizations so you can feel really good about you know treating that person with good knowledge and um, you know good skill sets you know, especially like burns and stuff, you know, when you think about some things that you come upon, for instance, if somebody, you know, had a uh, terrible second or third degree burn, you know, folklore or, you know, our moms used to, you know, automatic or grandmothers used to put butter on. Well, that course, that's the worst thing you can do on a burn. And, you know, basically what you want to do is, you know, uh, keep things, you know, covered or clean and don't put anything on until they can see uh, a doctor or an emergency room. So I think all of those apps, I have one by Phone Flips that looks pretty good. I downloaded it. Uh, it's a $1.99. And this one has the current CPR guidelines, and you, that's another thing. As a former nurse, I used to have to get certified with CPR training every single year, and every year it was like changing. So, you know, just little tweaks. It would You'd have to start thinking, okay, what is it? Is it 15 to two this year or, you know, five to one? So this one has the base, the new CPR guidelines, and now, of course, with CPR, unless you're a healthcare professional it's basically percussions you don't have to worry about giving respirations it's pretty much uh, just uh, percussions. Listen to me. It's compressions. I haven't had enough coffee this morning. (laughs) So it's, you know, when, thirsty. oh man, I am thirsty. I have, I only had one cup of coffee and it wasn't that strong, but you know, that's the great thing. You know, when you learn CPR, they'll tell you exactly where to, uh, with any of these apps, they'll tell you exactly where to place your hand, what the landmark is. And then you just go ahead and you do your compressions. So like I said, mine, the first two on, my list are emergency first aid and treatment guide by phone flips. It's $1.99. I opened it up, it looks really good, the graphics are good. And it deals with those situations um, that you know you most likely will uh, confront. And you know there's another thing I wanted to talk about is on the automatic external defibrillator. Some people are very nervous about that. Well, this app uh, deals with the emergency first aid by phone flips because sometimes, you know, in a situation like, say, for instance, you're on an airplane, um, people get very rattled. And even though the flight attendants are trained and stuff, having that knowledge, you know, or if you're trained with emergency first, uh, first aid, if you go and you get uh, certified by the American Heart Association, if you do a CPR training, they also include the training on how to do a defibrillator if you want to, on how to, to how to um, place <clears throat> the pads correctly. So that's something that people might want to learn, but this app also deals with that as well. So if, it's, say, for instance, you ever came upon a situation and they did have a defibrillator, would, you would be able to quickly look that up, choking, all of that. So the, I think that both Alpha First Aid is a free app, and that one's okay as well. I think I like... The, I downloaded both of them, and I think the emergency first aid is a little bit stronger. So I would recommend emergency first aid and treatment guide for $2.
2: Yeah, let me, can I just mention one other thing I forgot about the first aid, um, uh, the Red Cross one, is that they do have um, a link to go sign up for classes uh, for CPR and um, other uh, training classes. I'm sorry. are oh, you didn't hear me? No, I you cut out a little bit. What, can you, you just repeat that? I just, I just, I said I wanted to mention that the, I mean, American Red Cross first aid app also has links for classes like CPR yeah. and first aid classes, uh, as well as their videos. But uh, you could, there's a link. To donate and also to take uh, sign up for classes. And
0: yeah, and those classes. classes are reasonable. You know, usually yeah. the agency or facility, I mean if I worked in the hospital, you know, I didn't have to pay for it. That was just part of, you know, working in the hospital, you'd have to go through certification every year. But the classes are fairly reasonable because I don't I no longer work as a nurse and I keep. I can't remember, I think I think the last time I did, um, it was last year. It was like twenty five dollars. Yeah. It was $25 here in Dallas for, um, you know, just the basic CPR. And, and I do it just because I do respirations, you know, and so I just wanted to, I always like to keep that certification card. And I also like to know if there's any changes. So
1: similar to that is an app called Park Pocket First Aid and CPR from the American Heart Association, which is similar to what Suzanne and Vicki, what you what you mentioned. Uh, this one also has 34 videos that you can watch to to do CPR and other types of emergency care. It's a $1.99 on the iTunes store. It also has something uh, that where you can put emergency information on your lock screen on your phone. So in case of emergency, say uh, somebody finds you and you've you've passed out or you're in the middle, you know, having a stroke, a heart attack, something like that. It can say in case of emergency, open first aid for my medical information. My name is, you know, joe smith and i'm taking you know kumatin and my emergency number is you know whatever and this is my contact so you can put that right on the home screen of your yes phone,
0: that's a, nice that's a great idea too to do that yeah. absolutely yes
1: yeah, so and i like the idea that it's got the video so that instead of just reading about it you can see exactly how to perform like you said today, so say the heimlich maneuver or uh, cpr how to do it for a child, how to do it for an adult, because I know you do it a little bit differently. You do. And there's a lot of information pertaining to that. So these are all good CPR apps. They are.
0: And people should never be dissuaded about um, learning CPR. It's very easy to do. And like I said, now the American Heart Association has guidelines for people that do not have any medical background that you just have to learn how to do compressions and if you break a rib you break a rib what's more important is you know helping to save that life uh, or breaking a rib a rib will heal and you know even the best of us you know I've done CPR in the past and I'm positive that I may have broken somebody's rib you know the thing is is you really want to um, really you know especially being a first responder if you are you know that person is lying there, and you know they've gone into cardiac arrest. Uh, instead of wringing your hands and calling 911 and feeling helpless, you actually can do something. I think it's very important that everyone should have um, CPR skills in you know their back pocket. And I think that's a or on their phone. You know you can quickly look it up if you don't know it and you haven't ever practiced it. You can still look it up and and learn how to do
1: it. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, Vicki. Um, My next one is called um, Everyday First Aid. That's a free version, and uh, that's a 99-cent version of it. They have a, a uh, a graphic for the body, and if you had issues or you had questions about, say, your foot, you tap on that, and then it will have all kinds of categories dealing with things that could happen to your foot, such as amputation, bites, um cuts and so on. Um where the free version only has the head and um I believe it's just the head and let me let me open it up. I don't I forgot what, what body parts that it it covers. Um just the neck and the head. Um while while the ninety nine cents version covers your entire body. Um don't know why um they would break it up like that. Um but that, well, If you want more information, I guess, uh, you pay the 99 cents. But it has, um, just like the American Red Cross version, uh, general first aid information. It has information about your uh, first aid kits and what you need to have in those. It has training on choking, CPR, wound cleaning, germ prevention. And it covers different first aid uh, or knowledge base for issues dealing with things like uh, abdominal pain, poisoning, and so on. Um, what is really nice about this one is it allows you to enter your personal information, your insurance, your con- emergency contacts, your hospital, your insurance. This is good information for yourself because you know, whenever I went to a new doctor, pulling up all this information for me, it was like, oh my god, I got to go through all my personal contacts to find this information. Having it in one location is a really good thing. And if somebody ever found your phone, all that information will be available so they can quickly find it. Um, even though your phone is probably going to be locked and your best bet would to be to, to use uh, Elisa's app, which shows all that information on your phone. Or you can actually put a message on your iPhone screen. Um, uh, at the, uh, uh, uh to have that, that page show up in, instead. Um, I, I believe there is a way that you can actually have um, an app show up, but I don't know if this app will allow you to just pull up the personal information when that, uh, you know, when your screen is closed. But um, yeah, it has all your your basic information you would need uh, if you were in an emergency, your contacts, the hospital the insurance, any medical conditions that you may have, your name, age, weight, pharmacy, and any kind of medication you're taking and your physicians uh it also has information on resources uh ambulance fire police poison control and any emergency uh uh responders that you would need to contact and um but basically it's a pocket guide and it 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 gives you basic information on different issues that you You may have questions about, Uh, and when you, for instance, if you select concussions, they have a summary telling you what a concussion is, what can cause a a concussion, uh, what are some of the risk factors, and how to prevent uh, uh, concussions. Um, It's pretty complete, Um, and like I said, it's in it's a pocket guide. All this information, you know, is available, readily available online somewhere if you. To search and find it but who has time when someone has a concussion uh you don't want to have to run to your computer to find that information this is right here quickly available uh hopefully you'll have your wits about you and remember that you have the app and that you, and you would uh take the time and figure out this stuff out i found that i got a little addicted to reading this stuff and i knew what was some of the um symptoms and how what caused it, and I found that I know nothing, absolutely nothing about first aid, um, and some of my instincts about what I would do were all wrong, which made me quite nervous. So I'm going to spend some time going through some of this stuff and maybe take a couple of classes because um, I'm around young kids, and I really need to know more than I know um, and that 's pretty sad <laughs> Well, the
0: other thing uh, along that same line, Vicki, is when when I was in nursing school, and of course, when you start reading all this information that is out there, you have to have a level of caution because there are so many symptoms that you may have that might mimic something that is fairly benign, but people think the worst, you know, and I used to do the same thing, oh my gosh it 's got to be you know, this type of cancer, because these are the symptoms, and of course, that's not necessarily true. So, I think it's good that people have to, that they have the information there, but they have to disseminate it and still bring it to their doctor and say, you know, these are my symptoms, this is kind of what I'm thinking, you know, what, what do you think? Of course, you can always get a second opinion, but you have to be careful with the information that is out there as well, because not all of it is solid information.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, my main concern was my, my knowledge about first aid and mm-hmm. stuff, and some of that, what I thought I would do was completely wrong.
0: You know? And a lot of that, you so, know, we no. learn from our mothers and grandmothers, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. that's
2: that's yeah. how they did things. It. Put peroxide on it, no. <laughs> and that's a good point.
0: When I was a wound care nurse um, in Tucson, uh, actually, I had a friend that had a... Um, a small skin cancer uh, that was treated and it wasn't healing and he had asked me, he said, Suzé, you know, this is you know, it's just not healing, could you take a look at it? So, you know, and again I'm not a doctor, I would take a look at it because I was doing a lot of wounds at the time and um, I asked him what he was treating it with, what the doctor had recommended and he said he recommended hydrogen peroxide and I almost fell over because that hydrogen peroxide is pretty much... um, Cytotoxic, so basically it kills good cells as well. So the thinking now is, it used to be when you when you put hydrogen peroxide, or mothers used to you know use muriaticum or iodine, mm-hmm. and they would put hydrogen peroxide because it was cleaning the wound. That is not new. That is not uh, done anymore. Pretty much saline is the best thing. You know, if you just wash it off with uh, water, um, and you uh, you know if you have any saline that you can buy at Walmart or CVS or, or whatever drugstore, then just wash off a wound with that. That's always the best thing to do, first of all, is just wash it and then just pat it dry with something that's clean or you know sterile, like a sterile gauze. But uh, once he brought it up to his doctor, his doctor said, okay, stop the hydrogen peroxide, and he did prescribe something and it did heal. So. But yeah, hydrogen peroxide is not used anymore. So if you're using it, you may not want to use that anymore.
2: The bleaching agent. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what hydrogen peroxide is good for, though, is if you happen to get blood on your clothing. When I was a nurse and I would get blood from doing a dressing on my uniform, hydrogen peroxide, if you just take some hydrogen peroxide and dab the area, it takes the blood right away from your clothing. So that's nice yeah. to know, too. So that's what it's good for—a <laughs> cleaning agent,
2: <laughs> but not for skin I, or wounds. I, I use it on my towel, my grout, and my towel. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> but not not for wounds.
2: Not for wounds, yeah.
1: This is a. What's your next pick?
0: Well, this one actually, I'm torn about it. Um, you know, like I said, my son, when he was going, when he was in the Boy Scouts and he was going for his merit badges, the Boy Scout manual had some really great wilderness survival. Uh, tips and also first aid and there was one that's called, it's by Jason Vance, it's called Wilderness First Aid, but it got, it, it really got mixed reviews. So I would tell people that if they are going for a hike, um, I think Vicki's going to be recommending the Army First Aid. I think that got very good reviews. So if you're going out for a hike or you're going to be camping, I think it's really good to download perhaps the one that Vicki's going to be talking about, the Army First Aid app or maybe Wilderness First Aid. And because that's going to tell you how to deal with insect stings and bites and snake bites and stuff like that, which is sometimes the first aid kids don't deal with that. You know, they deal with more of a like the shock and burn type of thing. So, again, this might be something that you want to download if you're going you know, to be camping, especially in an area where you're not quite certain if there's poisonous spiders or snakes. You know, I never had to really worry about in Maine when I lived in Maine because there weren't any, there wasn't any poisonous insects nor snakes. But in Arizona, my gosh, um, I I think what they said was the desert has pricks. Oh yes, it does because there's rattlesnakes and there's scorpions and there's cactus and yeah, it's pretty brutal. So um, you want to be able to know how to treat those things especially like for instance like in Arizona you know when you're hitting up against a cactus your first thing to do is to like rub the area well you don't you just basically I learned this from uh, a photographer a fellow photographer he said take a credit card and you you rub the credit card but against um, the uh, like say for instance if you can see the cacti uh, the spines in your skin, you want to take it and you want to rub it up and it'll take all those little uh, microscopic, uh, you know, cactus spines out of your skin. So it's just little tips like that. I had to... It's so
2: like when and you try to remove a fish bone out of the skin, out of the fish. Of right. of the fish. And you see the little spines sticking up, so you just rub the... Rub it across the top of the
0: yeah, but floor. I don't know about I, aren't I think some of the fish spines are they some of them are barbed. Am I correct that they, they some
2: have little barbs on them you're at about the one, end? The, 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 yeah, you're talking about maybe curved. Yeah, but yeah. that's they're straight down,
0: yeah, yeah, you just rub it. You, you take that you know, like a hard piece of plastic or you know a credit card, whatever you have, and you just um, and it did work because there's a a plant out there that oh, I used to get in trouble with. It's called the choya and they call it the jumping choya, and it it doesn't jump but it seems like it has a magnetic feel to it because you can be far away from it and the next thing you know it's on your skin and they're nasty things oh boy they're nasty from the vibration
2: from the vibration of walking by it shoots the quills yeah oh it's terrible that's yeah. Arizona for you. <laughs> yeah, that's Arizona for you.
0: <laughs> Let's just ditch on Arizona. I'm gonna have all my friends emailing me. I'm never speaking to you again. <laughs>
2: so. But it's true. Yeah,
0: but you know, out there, you know, it's the first time I've ever seen a brown recluse, the first time I've ever seen a black widow, the um, first time I've seen scorpions, and you know, I have a immense respect for them. You just try to stay away from them, but you know, if you do. Arenas, are, you name it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought they were so <laughs> cute until my husband said, no, they'll attack you. And they actually did yeah. attack someone, I think, at the Desert Museum because they were, um, I think they were trying to tease one of them, you know, and they had to, because they are territorial. So, yeah, you have to be careful.
1: Well, the, the Army First Aid app that Suzanne was referencing, that was the one that was on my list.
0: Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, the nerve, the nerve. <laughs>
1: But it's called Army First Aid, and it, it's a ninety nine. And this is a hefty app. It runs – it's uh, 55 megabytes in size, but it has over 600 pages of information in it. A lot of stuff going on with this app. It talks about um, first aid how to stop bleeding, checking for shock. It also has information on anatomy and physiology, health and fitness calculators, dangerous insects and spiders, which plants are poisonous, uh, snakes and lizards that are poisonous. It has a lot of information. And the point of this app was because it's made for soldiers. And because when a soldier is out in the field, he or she doesn't necessarily have medical personnel close by. So if something happens, they have to take care of themselves in an emergency situation. So that's what this this app was created for. It has um it's 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 got a lot to it. It has things like um, how to create a shelter when you're out uh when you're out in the middle of nowhere and maybe you were stranded somewhere, you need to construct a shelter. So it, it shows you how to do that. It has pictures of different like example I'm looking at now says Widow Spider. So it has a picture of it, describes what it looks like, where it lives, and what to do should you come across one of these. And the same with poisonous plants, different kind of insects. It has, uh, you can mark things as your favorites. You can do a search. You can, um, it gives you options to share it, share things that you found. It has a library, has a table of contents, so you can quickly find what it is you're looking for. It, it's, it's really got a lot here. Um, how to take care of a children that you, a child that you think might be dehydrated. It has calculators that you might need. it's got pictures of um, um, I, I always have a hard time with this word, anatomical drawings of different parts of the body labeled so you know it exactly what it is that you're that you're looking for. It has like the a picture here is a lower extremity fracture. How to take care of the person using a splint until you can get some medical help. So this 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 app has a lot going on for a dollar ninety nine.
0: That sounds like a really good one. I, yeah. I I was impressed with that one too. I yeah. I think if you're going on a hike or anything, that's the one to buy. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and like I said, fifty five megabytes. So there's a lot of information. So it's over six hundred pages.
2: Yeah, that sounds like something I would like because I'm really into watching these shows where people are in the wild and they're trying to survive. Like, that's a new series called Naked and Afraid where they literally drop you off. Naked in a wilderness environment and you have to survive. And I was like, oh my God. Because that's like my biggest fear of being left somewhere and having to try to take care of myself, you know, like stranded on an island that I would just freak out. So... (laughs) I spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to survive. What you're supposed to do, so everyday first aid sounds exactly like what you would need if that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a pretty. Good, and you said it's free, right? No, it's $1.99. $1.99. And this, okay. this,
1: this talks about desert survival, tropical. Yeah. Um, if you you know if yeah. you're in a tropical area, if you if you were in the cold, um, what if you were stranded yeah. at sea?
2: Yeah, those are the kind of things I, yeah. I, I freak out about. And I, I like to watch movies and stuff about that to see what you're supposed to do. <laughs> it probably would never happen, but hey, you never know. <laughs> and you also have to think of
1: it in terms of this was created for the military. And they're not going to skimp on on yeah. on uh, you know, information for our military to
2: mm-hmm. take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, my next one is, my last one actually, is called Itriage, Triage Health Doctor Symptoms and Healthcare Search. And I'm going to use, say the caveat, which I'm sure Suze would, would say, is that you, this information is to be used to help you work with a medical professional to decide what your health issues are. I would not suggest that you go use this and run off and start deciding you want to find a doctor to, to remove a mold because you know it's cancerous. No. It's just basic information that you can do, determine what kind of symptoms you have. Do a symptom checker. Um, once you've done that, how you can find the right doctor to help you to decide if this is what the, the situation is. Once a doctor decides that you need a procedure done, you can learn about the procedures then you can you can look at medications that uh and those symptoms of those medications. You can search for a, a provider. You can set up your own My Triage account where it actually puts down your own health information. And um I believe you use um the Google Health and then the other option is uh, oh, I completely forgot what the other option is. Um but to uh Gather your your health information. It's either one of those two. Uh, the other one I don't remember. To download your uh, health information from your uh, medical provider, um, there's a personal health record that you can uh, that uh, gets downloaded into this app, and it can you can use this information to store all your medical information and to just to. Uh, Keep track of all and if all of the contacts that you have with your doctor, and the different situations that medical situations that you have, um, it's uh, a free app, and it is pretty loaded with a bunch of uh, information, and it's actually it's just like a search action, sort of like WebMD. You know, uh, use it to search and, and to uh, assist your knowledge. Um, About an issue, uh, issue, but I would never take any app and take my symptoms that I think I have and just run away with it. Um, The best thing is take those symptoms and the information you have to your doctor and have a very good, interesting conversation. Um, Suzanne, what do you think? You know, if someone came to you, and they had some information. Now, don't don't you think that conversation would be different? The doctor would go, okay, you know a little bit, and they can educate you. So you go back and forth. It won't be a, a situation where the doctor's telling you something, you have no idea what's going on with you, and you just feel lost like some people do. That's the reason why they get these apps, because they, they are confused about what the hell the doctor's talking about. When I was uh, diagnosed with cancer, my idea was, I don't know what this guy's talking about. I know nothing about cancer. Um, I need to do some research, and I was at that state where I was, I was in denial. I was like, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. I don't feel sick. I can't have this. And there are situations where you don't have symptoms, but you still even if you do or you don't have symptoms, you need to listen to your doctor and the professionals. Uh, that's their job um And I just wanted to end saying that because all of these apps are great, but they can be dangerous if you don't talk to the right people and get the right professional advice.
0: I agree with that. I think medicine has changed in many ways, twofold. And it used to be. That, you know, people would only, you know, they would stick with one doctor. They they thought it was, you know, back. For one thing, medicine is a business now, You and people need to realize that. It is a business, and it's very specialized. So long gone are the days where you see one doctor for everything. You know, you have to see, if you're going to have a colonoscopy, you go to a gastroenterologist. You know, if you have uh, some moles that need to be removed, you go to a dermatologist. So it's, you know, if you have a um, double vision, you're... Internist or your family doctor may um, have you see a neurologist. So things are very specialized now, but I think the more information that's disseminated, good information, and the more that a patient uh, really researches what's wrong with them, that's always beneficial for the healthcare team. You know, and that's what it is. It's it's, it's you're part of a team. It's your health. You are the patient, and you should never feel, if you have a doctor that will not answer your questions, then please, by all means, find another doctor that will. Because there's a lot of very good doctors out there that feel that, you know, patients need to know and they're not, um, you know, God, quote unquote. And, you know, they feel very comfortable saying, well, these are the options. Um, If you would feel better getting a second opinion and they will, they could recommend someone for you. But I think information is twofold as well, because sometimes you can end up thinking the worst. And it, the the, me, the medicine and the body and diseases of the body, you know, there are so many obscure uh, diseases. There's very obscure or rare cancers. And if you start, you know, diagnosing yourself, self-diagnosing, you may run into trouble. It's really good to say, okay, I think it could be this, or, you know, I've been having a change of pattern, like, say, for instance, if you're going to the bathroom, you know, it's, I don't feel right, or I'm getting really crampy, or, you know, I'm having a lot of um, heartburn. Well, some people think with its heartburn, it's automatically a heart attack, but it can't. It could be an ulcer. It could be you have esophage- you know, gastroesophageal reflux disease. It could be a myriad of different things. So that's why it's, it's good to find out what possibly your symptoms could be, but also relate those symptoms very clearly to your doctor. And if you end up finding some terminology that explains it a lot better, then you by all means use that to your doctor. That's fine. They understand lay tech terminology and they also, of course, understand medical
2: terminology. So, um, yeah, that, that's another issue is that what you said about the doctors being spe- specialized is that my, my general, my GP didn't know anything about cancer. He's not a cancer doctor. So he's going all the stuff he was saying was, well, it could be, it could be that made me nervous. Yeah. Was, I was lucky he had a sister sit there saying, well, he's saying it he could because he's not the oncologist. That's and, right. That's the person that's going to make that decision. So I had her standing there. Well, the doctor made me nervous. I said, I don't want to be with this guy. He doesn't know. He's saying this could be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, <laughs> But, you know, know, see, I feel comfortable <laughs> with that because I had a fabulous um, family doctor back in Maine. And we were friends. And, and the thing is, what was nice about it is he knew I was a nurse. And he... You know, I had one child that had some medical issues, and it was really wonderful because I could call him up and I could say, you know, Jim, this is this is what's going on, and he could say, you know what, let's have him go see this specialist, and he had no uh, preconceptions about not recommending us to go see a specialist. You know, he he didn't he never professed to know everything. You know, he he was very comfortable within his realm of knowledge and if it was something that he really didn't know and that's a good doctor that's how i feel you know a good doctor will recommend somebody if you know they could be this i mean they don't want to give you the worst case scenario right away because they don't know but you know giving you a list of options well it could be this or it could be this you know like say for instance you know if you have a like you Vicky you know if you have um, a lump in your breast well you know it could be mastitis it could be you might need a lumpectomy it could be it could be benign it could be malignant and you know mm-hmm. they just don't know because they don't have a biopsy to look at they don't have all those you know tools to to make that diagnosis and even if
2: they did there's not their expertise Exactly so you need to get somebody else Exactly yeah I did not know that cuz I've been healthy up until that point no issues. So I really needed that information. And I'm not that I triage would not have told me. No. It would not have made me feel any better. No. You know, it just it just gave me some symptoms and what could possibly happen. And I would have gone to the doctor and the same thing would have happened he would have gone, well, it could be, it could be, and then I would have been nervous. Um but uh the thing is knowing that they're they're specialized now is very, very important. And it does have here in this app some information about Uh, the different providers and the procedures and stuff like that. So uh, it does provide information about uh, those issues that I had. But uh, I, I feel very nervous about running to a doctor and just making the decision based on these apps, what's going on with me. I just would just write down my symptoms and you can sort of look at this stuff to sort of guide you But the ultimate guide will be the medical professional.
0: Absolutely, because you know what's good about it. You know, there are so many people out there that number one don't have insurance still. You know, uh, two that really are frightened of doctors. You know, they're they're frightened of you know what the doctor might tell them. Um, They might be in denial for whatever reason. They may be symptomatic. You know, they may be a diabetic. They they may be symptomatic. You know, whatever it is what's nice about these apps is that they're a tool there. Do you have to think of it just as a tool in your medical toolbox and that if you have symptoms, you know, it might be benign, but you can talk it over with a doctor or you can go to an urgent care center and say, oh, you know, I'm not sure this is what I'm having. Um, and they will say, you know, you need to follow up or no, it's really not that serious. I can give you a prescription for it and you should be fine in a week, you know, and that's, it's, I I think you have to use these with discretion, you know. But I think people, if they're if they have a nagging pain and they're fatigued and they've lost weight and they have you know all these different symptoms, if they look it up on like the one I'm going to talk about, WebMD, which is very similar to Eye Triage, you know, it's uh, they can look up these symptoms and think, you know what, Oof, it could be this. It might be serious. I better go see a doctor right away, you know. So if if it makes people see a a physician to allay their fears and to you know alleviate their pain or or whatever it is then I think that's good because you know some of these cancers are very insidious they take a long time and then when you start to become symptomatic you kind of poo-poo it well I just might be tired because you know I've you know been drinking coffee at night when essentially it could be you know um you know it could be something very serious so I think that allows people just to discern whether, well, is it serious or is it not? And maybe i better go talk to a doctor. But don't self-diagnose. Don't self-diagnose. You'll drive yourself crazy. I think all the medical students, you know, they used to, it just happens because you're dealing with all these, you know, symptoms and you think, oh, could it be this? And I still do it. So I'm, I'm the worst case offender here as well.
2: So your family members, my sister did (laughs) when she was going to nursing school. (laughs) I am. You know, what is that mole on your face? You know, maybe you should see doctor about it. I know
0: it's terrible. You tend, and you know, even when you've been a nurse for a long time, you see people out and you think, "Ooh, they're jaundiced." Oh, I wonder if you know, and they're in renal failure. I mean, you
1: just do it constantly. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, stop it! Just stop it!" Exactly.
0: But Suzie, exactly. well, the next app I have is a very, very interesting app, and these are for listeners that would like to know about CPR but in a very visual way and this one is called Staying Alive 3D and it is a free app, you can download it on your iPad it's an iPad app and it's, it says it's a serious game and I guess you could say it was a game but basically what it does it walks you through uh, a, someone in cardiac arrest so he is at it's, it's, it's animated and it's fairly realistic. So I think people that, you know, like, uh, you know, games on the iPad, they will like this. So this person is, it's a male. Uh, he's sitting at his desk. And he stands up and he f- collapses. And so basically, it you go through the steps. You go through the diagnostic step. You call 911. Your co-worker comes in. You tell them to go get the defibrillator in the hallway. And you start CPR. And you basically, it it uh, has this thing in the live song but you basically um... which is really nice because it gives you some type of reference you know when you're if you're out you know in the real world but you're basically doing compressions, so you're tapping on the screen doing compressions and it's giving you the correct rhythm to do the compressions then your coworker comes in and you have a certain amount of time to find the correct place to put those pads on and then it's delivered a shock, and then he goes into a normal sinus rhythm. So it's it's a really nice tool. They also have a community, a virtual community, that uh, when you save the patient, it gives you a time, uh, how many minutes and seconds that you save them in, and then you, you're able to um, uh, join the community and dialogue with experts. So I think that this is a great visual app. If people don't want to just read about compressions, this will tell you how to, where, where the correct placement is for um, the external defibrillator and to place the pads on and to administer a shock and also how to do chest compressions. So not percussions, perca- compressions. So that's, it's a f- great free app. I mean, how much fun is that? So I think that would be really good. It's good. I, I'm Probably really
2: good, good for it, but... Good for it's kids, too. To be a John yeah, I it's know. Definitely be a John Travolta dancer.
0: Yeah, but it's great pure. for kids, too, you know, teenagers and stuff. It's. I it think is. it's a great, so Staying Alive 3D, free app, definitely um, that's one to download. And the other one has been my standby um, for a long time uh, is WebMD. And again, like Vicki was saying, they have uh, very similar to the one she was talking about. Medscape is the same thing. Uh, you have symptom checkers uh, di- they'll give you different you know conditions and drugs and I really like Medscape I had the um, I had the uh, nursing version of that that I would sign up for and I it, it's still um, I get emails on you know you know new treatments new drugs which is really important you know a lot of drugs uh, the sound and the uh, you know the, of the drug, will mimic another one and you know it's easy to confuse so they're really good checkers you know I really like them if you're a nurse uh, any of those apps WebMD or Medscape or RN is they're great apps to have uh, on your phone if you're working and look up things real quickly so I think that's a really good app and the other thing I just wanted to talk about if you want to make a really inexpensive first aid kit and this will be in the show notes you can just get an old uh, Altoids box I've made several of them we have them everywhere and if you just get some alcohol uh, wipes you can find all of the stuff at any of your drugstores stores or uh, you know like Walmart or, or places that would have them are fairly inexpensive but you know if you put some band-aids in there some alcohol swipe, uh, uh swabs excuse me um, I usually have three or four q-tips in there I have a small little tube of triple antibiotic ointment. I have um, some medical tape, some waterproof medical tape that you can rip off, and you can find that as well. You can just get the half inch size, that's, that's a good size to put in there, and you can just put a small length of that in there. Some three by three gauze pads, Uh, I usually have like one of those little small knives that has the scissors in there. Even though they're a pain, it's better than nothing. Or you can get the little, you put the little small scissors that you get in those little sewing kits that people throw away. In the hotel room, you can use that. Um, uh, Aspirin. You know, if somebody's having a heart attack, the best thing you can do is have them choose some aspirin. And I usually have some extra-strength aspirin, at least four in there. I also throw some ibuprofen in there, which is an, what we classify as an NSAID, a non-steroidal uh, anti-inflammatory drug. So that's really good, uh, you know, for an inflammation. Uh, some rubber bands and two bandanas. And the reason why I say two bandanas, that won't fit in the Altoid box, but it's always good to have a couple of scarves or even a big, long scarf in your car or your... Being, uh, your backpack because if someone breaks an arm at least you can uh, do a rudiment rudimentary, rudimentary I can't talk today without coughing splint and at least you know um, do like a, uh, a sling on them until they can get to a doctor especially if somebody's broken a limb and you're out in the wilderness or you're out somewhere because you want to keep it you know immobile so uh, those bones don't move and cause more pain or damage so I'll have, I'll have uh, what you can put into an Altoids box in the show notes, but they're really easy to make up and they're great to have everywhere.
1: Is it something you should change once a year because of the expiration date of the meds?
0: You know, I'm, yeah, you know, aspirin, you can check your aspirin, <clears throat> aspirin I think has, I think it's what, two years on there? Uh, but yeah, you can change out the aspirin. But band aids, everything else, don't go bad. The alcohol swabs might dry out, so yeah, you you will have to replace alcohol, uh, the alcohol wipes.
2: But everything American else. American Red Cross. Pardon? The, the American Red Cross said that you should set up a reminder to say every quarterly to check your your first aid kit. Yeah. To, you know for expiration and to, to make sure you replenish things on a regular basis. You know what I, I don't understand is that we we need to have. All these kind of emergency things uh and uh extra stuff in cars and these are the most expensive things you can buy other than your home. And it, it doesn't include a first aid kit. I know. I think I think every car should have one. And every home should have one. You know, like I have to have a um carbon monoxide thing uh, on both levels of my home. Why well, can't it and, and I, you also should have an extinguisher in your kitchen. And a first aid kit they should make it just mandatory you got insurance these things in your car and in your home because it's life or death we're talking about, and being able to band aid and tape somebody up and get it, get them ready for uh before you call nine one one and you don't have anything to help them with, and this is just basic stuff you know a minor cut could become something serious if you don't have the right um you know first aid uh to administer to it so
0: well it's good it's know. also good when you're traveling like in a foreign country because you know yeah. things are different pharmacies are different their hours are different and usually like when my husband travels um because he travels to india and stuff where you know they're they really have to be careful about you know water and stuff uh because they have different you know different uh organisms in their water than we do ours so he has cipro which is uh um like an antibiotic and also i put like pepnobismotabs in there for him emodium like when you go to a foreign country and you eat something wrong um you know you can have what do they say montezuma's revenge <laughs> ie diarrhea so you know having emodium is really uh, good in there some anti-acid tablets are always good to throw in there so you know you can make up a small little packet of you know over the counter medications you know all these things that you might need you know aspirin ibuprofen antacid Anti-diarrheal, all of those things, and it's really compact. You know, these the Altoy tins are just so awesome to be able to have something that's very portable, you know, and it doesn't take up any room when you're traveling, you know, and you can always throw it in a briefcase or a pocketbook and you have something right there. The other thing is if, if you can find them, I have them, but some people, um, sometimes they're hard to find, but they actually have saline... Uh, little tubes of saline, and those are really great to put into a first aid kit. If you can, you know, put two or three, they're great, but basically they're just plastic. You rip off the top. They look like a little ampule, and then you can just squeeze it over any type of cut or wound and or, you know, or anything, and that's, that's really good. Like an, if you have something in your eye, you can use that to flush out, you know, uh, for an object in an eye. So if you can get, fine and purchase some of those normal saline, um, the little uh, plastic ampules; those would be really good to put into a first aid kit as well if you can fit it in there.
2: But you can. My f- nice and store; it's a, good, it's a good, place to get all of that stuff Yeah, I and you can fold things. Like
0: oh yeah, and you can fold the bandage. You can take the gauze; it's the way you fold it, but you can get it in there. And you know, when I say the rubber bands, those are really good for um, holding a gauze in place. If you don't have tape, just you know. Uh, fasten your Altoids uh, tin when you've packed it all in with a few good rubber bands, and then you have those as a, um, you know, to to be able to hold a, a, a bandage in place or a, the gauze in place.
1: Okay, so the last two that I have, uh, I'll go over real quick. These are not a hundred percent emergency apps; um, they're partially. Uh, you can use in an emergency. And the first one is called Repair Pal, Auto Repair Expert, which is free on iTunes. And right now, uh, it's Memorial Day weekend is coming up this, up this weekend, which in the United States is the unofficial start of summer. And what people do here is once summertime comes, they start camping, they start traveling cross country, and there's a lot of driving involved, even if they go away for the day. And sometimes your car breaks down.
0: Yes, I know. I've had personal experience. <laughs> you know, we've all
1: been there, done that. So what this app does is you put in the year, make, and model of your car. You can click on the find a shop, and it will find your location, and it will find a dealership or a garage that will that you can go to within a certain radius that you choose to get your car repaired. Uh, it will also give you estimates of how much a certain part will cost. If you know that maybe uh, you need a new battery, you can punch in battery and it will give you a price range of how much it would cost to buy and repair and install that battery. So these are all good things to have. It will give you a link to roadside help. You You can also use it to keep information about repairs that you make to your car. You can log into their site and you can update every time, you know, anything, get an oil change. Get a new battery, get new tires, whatever. You can, you know, you can keep that. You can keep that all online. Um, it so it'll, it'll it'll sync to RepairPal.com. It will cover only the United States and models that are 1990 and newer, and it only works on your phone, not on your iPad. So that is one thing to to keep in mind. So that one I downloaded and I'm using. The other one is called WikiHow. It's also a free app, and it's a wiki that can show you how to do almost anything. Lots of different things that it can do, but there is a section on it for emergencies. So you would go to, um, in the table of contents, there's a survival kit. And in the survival kit, there's things like CPR and choking, how to do first aid, what happens in a home emergency, natural disasters, self-defense, You're walking down the street, you think you're being followed, what do you do? Vehicle emergencies, wilderness survival, what happens if you get attacked by an animal? And there's all different types of scenarios. You would just click on one, like how to survive an encounter with a crocodile or an alligator. So you would just click on it, and it gives you information and step-by-step directions on what to do. And there's also options where you can bookmark it, you can email it or tweet it out to somebody, but if it's something that you think you're going to use quite often, you can bookmark it so you can quickly get to it. So like I said, uh, RepairPal and Wikihow aren't specifically emergency apps, but they do have an emergency component built into them. So that is that. Anybody else have anything they need to add?
0: Mm-mm, I don't think so.
1: No. Okay. That's good. So that is it for now. Uh, we would like to thank you very much for listening. We uh, All the show notes including the first aid kit that Susie just mentioned, can be found on 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. All our contact information is there, including the Google Plus community, the Facebook community, our emails, and our Twitter handles. We would love it if you would get in touch. Let us know what apps you like to use, any show ideas you might have. We'd also love it if you would give us an iTunes review or a star rating, no matter what country you're in. It doesn't have to be the United States. You could be living in Africa doesn't matter. Just leave an, an iTunes review. It also lets uh, other people know that people are listening to the show and it brings us up in the ratings, so other listeners can find us. So for Vicki and Suzie, I'd like to say thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful and a safe Memorial Day weekend. And we will talk to you next time.
2: People, my name is Peter Bird, and I am the host of the Deep Look podcast. The idea behind the show is that we talk to our guests, and we learn more about them, the subjects, the people, the things that shape their lives, or the things they're interested in, or the things they would possibly want to know more about. Basically, we just like to look a little deeper and see what's there, and to learn. If that appeals to you, or you like that idea, or if even if you have a guest that you think we should try and speak to, then. Come on by and give us a go. We are part of the Stoplight Network.